Bob, if you have your Bibles, I want you to uh, mark your place here in 2 Timothy chapter 1, and I want you to find two other places. If you'll find Ephesians chapter 4, and if you have a piece of paper or a bulletin or something, you can put in there and mark that place. And once you've done so, then I'd like you to turn to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter number 12. I had said this morning that I, I was going to do uh, somewhat of a visual uh, thing today. Several people wondered if I was jumping off the platform. Uh, like, uh, <laughs> yeah, God bless you. Uh, <laughs> you're going to hold your breath on that for a long time. If I jumped off the platform, that wouldn't be a visual. That would be a disaster. We'd have an ambulance here. Not going to happen. But I, I just decided to, to scale back on that a little bit because I'd, I'd rather just walk through the Bible. The power of any sermon is in the Bible, and we had a ton of Bible this morning. Um, and uh, so we got a lot of verses I want to go through. There's a, a, a truth that I, I want to bring forward. So uh, you've got first, I'm sorry, 2 Timothy 1. Uh, you've got that marked in your Bibles. You've got Ephesians 4, and then now turn to 1 Corinthians chapter number 12. We'll look at some other verses, but we'll be back and forth uh, with these portions of scriptures just a, a little bit tonight. First Corinthians chapter 12, Paul begins in verse 1 and says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not have you ignorant. Ye know that ye were Gentiles, carried away unto these dumb idols, even as ye were led. Wherefore, I give you to understand that no man speaking by the Spirit of God calleth Jesus accursed, and that no man can say that Jesus is the Lord, but by the Holy Ghost. What he's talking to us about there is the role of the Holy Spirit in bringing us to salvation. Uh, I heard it said very well this week by Pastor Wilkerson uh, from First Baptist Church in Hammond. He said, if there's no conviction, there is no conversion. Salvation is not merely just going out and getting somebody to repeat a prayer with you. It is sharing the gospel. It is when the Holy Spirit brings awareness of their need. It brings conviction of their sin and draws them to Christ. And that is what Paul is talking about here is the role of the Holy Spirit in bringing us to salvation. He's also going to talk about something else that the Holy Spirit does. Verse 4. Now there are diversities of gifts but the same spirit. He's talking about spiritual gifts. There are differences of administrations. That means how those gifts may be used. There may be five people. They all have the gift of teaching. One may teach adults. One may teach teenagers. One may teach fourth and fifth graders. One may teach um, first and second graders. One may teach four and five-year-old. Trina, her niche was teaching two and three-year-olds. Uh, she did that for 20 plus, I guess 30 plus years. Uh, and, and she loved doing that. Um, the gift of teaching was there, but uh, it's, it's ministered in a different place, in a different way. There are diversities of operations. That, that word operations carries the idea of levels of power, levels of influence. Uh, there are individuals that can pastor churches of thousands of people. Uh, God has gifted them to do that. And if you put someone else in there, 
they, they, would, they would fall apart or the ministry would, but you put them in a group of, of 50 or 100 or 400 and they're right there where they can thrive. But if you take the guy pastoring the, the, the thousands and put him in a small group, he, he wouldn't be able to handle that so well. And it's all God who, who imparts the gifts, decides where the gifts will be used and decides exactly how those gifts will be used. And uh, uh, verse number seven, but the manifestation of the spirit, talk about these spiritual gifts, is given to every man to profit with all. For to one is given by the spirit, the word of wisdom. To another, the word of knowledge by the same spirit. To another, faith by the same spirit. To another, the gifts of healing by the same spirit. To, the, uh, to another, the working of miracles to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another diverse kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. But all these worketh that one and the selfsame spirit, dividing to every man severally, that word means individually, as he will. Now, obviously, when Paul was writing, the sign gifts were still functioning. The, uh, the word of God, the New Testament, uh, had not been given in its completion yet. We know from Hebrews 2 that the word of the apostles was confirmed by those sign gifts before we had the word of God. So some of those sign gifts are listed there, but Paul's talking about spiritual gifts. Now, I want us to notice some things. There'll be a little, this will be kind of a Bible study for a while, and then we're gonna make a, an application that, that we really, really need to take heed to. The first thing I want us to notice from this text is that every single Christian receives spiritual gifts from the Holy Spirit. Just as the Holy Spirit is responsible for drawing every one of us to Christ, to understanding the gospel and the conviction of sin that leads us to the gospel, that same Holy Spirit um, gives to every one of us spiritual gifts. Look, if you would, again, verse seven. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to next two words. Every man, and that's generic, not just meaning that men receive spiritual gifts, but to every person, uh, to every man to profit with all. Look at verse 11. But all these worketh that one and the selfsame Spirit, dividing to... Every man, severally, what's the word severally mean? Individually, as he will. Look, if you would please, to verse number 18. But now hath God set the members, every one of them in the body, as it hath pleased him. So every one of us, if you are saved, we have spiritual gifts. So let's assume tonight, for sake of illustration, that everybody here under the sound of my voice is born again. We've got some children sitting over here. We've got some teenagers here. Uh, and we got people from their age all the way up to, to the geezers like myself. Okay, so we've got people of all ages. Let's say that every one of us are saved for sake of illustration. According to the Bible, how many of us have received spiritual gifts from the Holy Spirit. Oh, is there anybody accepted to that? Um, Natalie Ron is a second grader. According to the Bible, has she received spiritual gifts? Absolutely. 
absolutely. Um, Brother Agro, um, he is he is 946 years old. He and he and and, and Noah were pen pals after they got off the ark. Uh, does, does brother brother and Mrs. Agro are, are are really two of the founding members of our church? They have the longest membership of anybody in our church. Did they receive spiritual gifts? Yes or no? Okay, we need to get that settled so you need to understand that if you are saved, God has imparted you spiritual gifts. Keeping your place here in 1 Corinthians 12, now go over to Ephesians 4. Ephesians 4. Verse number 7. Actually, we're going to start at verse uh, number 4. There is uh, one body and one spirit that's capitalized, that's the Holy Spirit, even as ye are called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all, but unto, next to our church, every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the what? Gift of Christ. Wherefore he saith, when he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive and did what? gave gifts unto men. Look at verse 11. Um, here are some of those gifts. And he gave some apostles. That was a unique calling for a very select group of men. And some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. We're gonna come back to this passage in just a moment. But again, go back to verse seven. Unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. So that we, we need to understand that every one of us have spiritual gifts. It was imparted uh, by the Holy Spirit. There are no exceptions to that. Now, sometimes those gifts may be what we refer to as natural talent. Natural talent. Um, in, in Jeremiah, you don't have to turn there for sake of time, God spoke to this young man, Jeremiah. They, the Bible scholars think he was uh, maybe 18-ish uh, in, in his age. And he said in Jeremiah 1 verse 4, Then the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee, and I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations." While Jeremiah was in his mother's womb, he was called to be a prophet. Remember Ephesians 4 said that prophets were, is one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So there's a certain measure, maybe what we call natural talent. Um, uh, some people are musical. How many are not? Okay. How many are so-so? I think maybe I can fall in. I can't play the radio fairly well, uh, that type of thing. Uh, some people are artistic. Um, I, when I pass here in Pennsylvania, uh, I, I bring a whiteboard up on Wednesday night to try to draw things for, for Bible study, and they laughed at my stick figure so much that I got a complex and stopped doing it. I, I'm not artistic at all as far as drawing, you know, you know things like that. Um, uh, some people can just do amazing things like that. Uh, some people have uh, an, an eye for decorating and, and, and so on and so forth. Uh, Pastor Wilson is an incredibly talented man. Uh, he is a great preacher. He was a great youth pastor. He's a great second man. But the man couldn't decorate himself out of a corner. 
um, there were just some times he would put things together and, and, and he'd look at me and go, what do you think? And I'll think, do you really want to know? He goes, yeah, I know. It just wasn't his thing. It's not his gift. So natural talent may be a part of it. And some of it may come afterwards. For example, speaking in tongues was a spiritual gift first imparted on the day of Pentecost. Speaking in tongues was not babbling and gurgling and, and, and drooling and all of that. Acts 2 is very clear. People were speaking in a language that they did not know by nature. They were all Galileans, yet they were speaking in Arabic. They were speaking Latin. They were speaking in all types of languages. There were 13 different nationalities represented uh, in Jerusalem on the day of Pentecost. Their listeners said, we are all hearing in our own tongue wherein we were born the wonderful works of God. That was something they weren't born with, that ability to speak a different language. We're born with the ability to speak no language whatever. Um, that was supernaturally imparted after they were saved and then indwelt by the Holy Spirit. So I'm, I'm belaboring this point a little longer than the others. I want us to understand we are all gifted by the Holy Spirit with spiritual gifts. Here's the second thing I want you to understand. Go back to 1 Corinthians 12. We do not all receive the same gifts. We do not all receive the same gifts. We read in um, verse number, beginning in verse number um, eight, down through verse number 10, uh, the various things said, to one is given by the spirit of the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge by the same spirit. Um, and, and he goes on down through that list uh, to help us understand that. So we all have spiritual gifts, yes or no? Yes. But according to the Bible, we don't all have, all have the same gift. Paul gives an illustration to help us understand why this is so. 1 Corinthians 12, 12. He's going to talk about the human body. For as the body is one and hath many members, and all the members of that one body being many are one body, so also is Christ. So in your human body and in mine, we are made up of thousands of different parts. We have hair, we have pores, uh, we, we have skin cells and, and muscle cells and bone cells and nerve cells. Uh, we have blood vessels, uh, we have heart, lungs, uh, kidney, liver, intestines. Uh, we have feet, we have hands, we have eyes, we have nose. And uh, th that's my general knowledge of health and science, but, but mark it down. Our body's a, a complex, complex organism of many, many uh, uh, different parts. The Bible said, that's the same way as Christ is. For by one spirit, we're all baptized into one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and have been all made to drink into one spirit. Remember, the Holy Spirit is the one that drew all of us. The Holy Spirit's the one who imparts to all of us spiritual gifts. For the body is not one member, but many. If the foot shall say, because I'm not the hand, I'm not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? What's the answer to that question? No. Just because it's a foot and it's a little smellier, uh, it tends to get made fun of a whole lot more. We tend to hide it under layers of things, socks and shoes and boots and all the rest of it. Uh, the hand is the one that waves, that writes, that draws, uh, that leads singing, that does an awful lot of stuff. Um, and the hand gets a little more attention, a lot more attention sometimes the foot. The foot can't say, well, I'm not a part of the body. It is. 
It is. Um, he goes on to say, and if the ear shall say, because I am not the eye, I am not of the body. Is it therefore not of the body? How many wear glasses? Tell me how you would do that without ears. You do understand they would just slide right down the side of your face. Um, uh, if, if you didn't have ears, could you hear? No. Um, and, and, and there are different functions, so God made a different part of the body for that. Paul's using an illustration. We want to understand what he says. If the whole body were an eye, that would be weird. We would just roll from place to place. But, but how would we do that because we don't have any feet to propel ourselves it, it's he's he's given a rather bizarre illustration but it, it it's important if the whole body were an eye where were the hearing the whole were hearing where were the smelling but now have God set the members every one of them in the body as it hath pleased him and if they were all one member where were the body but now are they many members yet but one body so every one of us if we're all saved in here tonight We've all received spiritual gifts, yes or no? Did we all receive the same spiritual gift? Why? Not because we're just we're all different. Why didn't God give us all the same gift? There's different purposes, okay? Suppose everybody in this church was called to be a pastor. And I know people that want to take my job for about two days. You'll give it back. But suppose every one of us here was, we, we learned Ephesians 4, pastors and teachers, that's all put together, is a spiritual gift to the church. We're all pastors. Are we going to function well as a church? Who preaches? Wait, what, do we just draw names out of a hat? If we're all pastors, who works in the nursery? We had nine babies dedicated recently the one year I think we had 11 in a baby dedication so we had nine we've got two or three more on the list um, do you re realize if on a Sunday morning we we just didn't have nursery and we brought all those little tiny people I, I see we got Haven in here tonight and and uh, she's here because I have a tendency to put people to sleep and they want her to sleep a little bit extra but do you realize if we put them all in here we had no nursery workers and they all got hungry at the same moment would we hear much of the sermon yes or no no it would be chaos so there are, everybody here's got a spiritual gift. You may or may not understand or know what it is. You need to take the time to find that out. But not all of us got, uh, received the same gift from the Holy Spirit. It's important to understand that. There's a third thing I want us to understand. 1 Corinthians 12 again. Those gifts are given for profit, for our profit. Look at verse 7. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all the word with all means by means of that spiritual gift but the manifestation of the spirit is given to every man to profit with all now the word profit doesn't mean to make money a lot of people are doing that uh did you know that a lot of people that are in the uh wicked rock and roll industry started out in church whitney houston started out singing in church I don't know if she ever got saved, but that's where she started out. Um, she had a voice. She, she really did. By the way, I don't think 
people singing in church ought to try to imitate Whitney Houston. Yodeling is for the people in the Swiss Alps, not church. Okay, that's my opinion on that. Uh, we're not trying to be sensual about the music we sing. But, but she had a gift. Now, if she was saved, that was a natural talent. God's the one that gave her the talent. She didn't go out to the store, save her, save her uh, allowance money, and go save it up until she could buy a voice. She was born with that ability, but uh, she used that instead of to glorify God as she may have done as a child and a teenager. It became about the almighty dollar. She became a multimillionaire and died of a drug overdose in her bathtub. Um, that's not what it means that the manifestation of the spirit is given to every man to profit with all. It doesn't mean to make money. That word profit, if you look it up in a Bible dictionary, the word means to bear together, to collectively benefit. So my spiritual gift or gifts were given to me to profit with all. Not so I could make money, that I could be famous, that I could do this or that, but to collectively benefit. Who do you suppose that collectively benefit is referring to? The church, the body of Christ. And whatever your spiritual gifts are, are for the same purpose, to collectively benefit. Go back to um, Ephesians again, please. Ephesians chapter 4. I told you we go back and forth. That's why I wanted you to mark it to save you a little bit of time. He talks about those gifts in verse 11. He gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. Here's why. For the perfecting of the saints. That means to mature the saints, to help the saints grow in grace and in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. For the work of the ministry. Somebody's got to teach those children. Somebody's got to take care of the children in the nursery. Somebody's got to uh, provide the music. Uh, the, the, uh, I mean, the, 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 the needs and the purposes in the ministry are almost endless for the work of the ministry and uh, for the edifying of the body of Christ. That means to build up. So when it talks about the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all, it's so that as all of us who have spiritual gifts, and that's all of us, we are to use them the way God has intended for us to use them so that the body of Christ is built up. We all are stronger. We're all cared for. Um, consider this. Let me use a, a real simple illustration. Rob and Anna were blessed by the, the Lord with a, a little boy who is the world calls special needs. He's perfect, by the way, uh, because he was made by God. David said, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made, and that my soul knoweth right well. But Tommy's got some special needs, doesn't he? Um, do you know that there are actually people that are, they're gifted in working with a child like that. I'm looking at two people sitting on the back row. Lindsay's got some special training. In, in that realm. And not everybody can do that. Not everybody can, not everybody can understand it. We had somebody that helped out in a, in a uh, children's service. This is before COVID, so we're going back for a while, that just saw that well, Tommy just needs discipline and so forth and grabbed a hold of him and slammed him down in a chair and held him in place. Do you know what that does to an autistic child? That, that sends him in, into another world. So, 
you, you understand that when uh, Steve and Lindsay exercise their, the, this, uh, this compassion God's given them for somebody like that, and they're not the only ones. There's a whole bunch of people around here do the same thing with that guy. Do you understand that Tommy benefits from that? Tommy's learning the Bible. Tommy's asking questions about heaven. He's asking questions about where his grandma is. Uh, he's asking questions about who God is and where God lives, and he's trying to put all of this together. So by them using some of the, that which God's gifted them, that, that, that patience and that love and that, that draw to work with special needs children, Tommy is benefiting from that, but Tommy's not the only one benefiting from that. And, and I'm picking on them by way of an illustration. It's positive, so you don't have to beat me up outside after the service. Somebody else is benefiting and profiting from that. Anybody know who? Rob and Anna. Rob and Anna are benefiting from that. Do you know how often they, they maneuver through life and people see them? And, and we know Tommy. Tommy's who he is. And, and he's my buddy, and we, we shared popcorn tonight, and he actually gave me a piece of popcorn. I thought, that's a little wet, and then I realized why. He, he softened it up for me. Rob's looking around. <laughs> Don't eat anything out of that bag, whatever you do. There, there have been people that have looked at them like, why aren't you disciplining that child? I, I found out that the greatest experts on child rearing have no kids. The greatest experts on marriage are single. Um, and the greatest expert on a special needs child is somebody who has no idea what they're talking about. Um, that, that's a burden that they live under. It, it's amazing to them what it, you need to know this, what it does to Rob and Anna that you love their little boy. They know that. You have no idea how much it profits them to know that there's somebody helping them make God real to their little boy. How many understand what I'm saying? It's not as visual necessarily as I intended this morning, but we need to understand every person, if you are saved, and we're assuming everybody is in this room, how many of us have a spiritual gift? Um, is age a factor in that, yes or no? Um, is education a factor in that, yes or no? What is the factor in that? You're saved. And the same Holy Spirit that drew you to Christ gifted you as he placed you in the body of Christ. So we all have a gift. They're all different. Those gifts are given to profit with all. Paul goes on in Ephesians chapter 4. Till we all come in the unity of the faith. I've been saved since 1972, 51 years. There are people in this room that have been saved one or two years. And everybody in between, there may be some people that have been saved longer than I have. I've been in church since I got saved. The, the Sunday after I got saved, I was in an independent, fundamental, uh, Bible-believing, soul-winning church, and I've, I, that's all I've ever been in for the last 51 years. So if you think about it, my understanding of the Bible and my understanding of faith uh, may be a little bit higher than somebody that just got saved a couple years ago. Does that make sense? Um, uh, Natalie hasn't been saved for 51 years because she's only how old? She's only seven years old. She's only been saved for a year or two, okay? Um, are her and I gonna be at the same level of faith? No. Oh, by the way, can I just insert this? Sometimes children have a more pure faith 
than people that have been saved for a long time because we get jaded and they're not. You know what the purpose of our spiritual gifts are? That we all come in a unity of faith that it's no longer like this. We're all on the same page. And we understand the same, the same things about the Lord and about the Bible and about this thing called the Christian life and about serving uh, Christ uh, and, and of the knowledge of the Son of God. How many of you know everything about Jesus that there is to know? Good answer. Good answer. Um, as we use our spiritual gifts, it, it helps the children. We'll just stick with the same illustration. Tommy, at the age of eight, Heard, heard about the Lord from the day he was born. He's been in church ever since then. But, but, but Tommy's processing knowledge different than everybody else. Do you understand, and, and Rob can attest to this, that I'm not just speaking off the cuff here. Tommy is talking more about who God is than he ever has in his life. And it's because people like Brother Gerber taking the time for him. And it's, it's people like the Malbergs taking time and, and others around here. Uh, maybe just taking the time to love on a little boy who uh, wants to know if you're old. How many, have, how many have had that question? He cornered Odessa out in the lobby while I was with him today and looked at her and goes, how old are you? And she said, 80. He said, you're old. And then he looked at her and said, are you a granny? I've never heard him use that word. Are you a granny? She said, no. He said, why not? <laughs> he's not being rude. He's not being ignorant. He's trying to figure out human relationships and all those kind of things. He's got this idea. If you got uh, gray hair, that means you're old. So, ta-da, congratulations. If you got gray hair, even if you're 20, you're old. Uh, that type of thing. But, but you, you realize it's, uh, it, it's Tommy's growing in the knowledge of the Son of God. Won't it be a wonderful day when we hear Tommy got saved? Say, can an autistic child get saved? Evan St. Ons did. His parents taught him the Bible. I remember the night he got baptized. And, and that was not just something to do. I talked with that child. That, that child knew the gospel. He knew why he needed to get saved and how to get saved. Somebody invested an awful lot in that boy. That's what we want for all of our kids. That's what we want for all of our new converts. That's what we want for all the people that maybe come in from a different background. We want everybody to get to know Jesus better than before. The Bible says, uh, unto a perfect man, mature, complete, in, in every way, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. How many are Christ-like? How many are on your way? Okay, none of us are there. Spiritual gifts are given to profit with all. Your spiritual gift, whatever it is, is to help other people in your church grow in all of these ways so that all of us are becoming more and more like the Lord Jesus Christ. Read on with me. That we henceforth be no more children throwing temper tantrums. We don't get our way. Immature, fighting all the other things, tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine. You know, if we get grounded in the word of God, we won't need the internet to teach us the Bible anymore. And whatever Yahoo you're following on there, God says it's all found in the local church. Uh, yeah, um, and so forth. The, 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 so let me just review, and I know I'm, I'm, I'm hammering it, but we gotta get it down. Every single Christian receives spiritual gifts from the Holy Spirit. Every one of us has them, yes or no. Okay, 
we don't all get the same gifts, yes or no? That's, <laughs> that's kind of a weird way to phrase it. That is, that is correct. And those gifts are given for us to profit, but that doesn't mean make money. That means to bear collectively, to, to collectively benefit everyone else in the church. Now turn back to 1 Timothy chapter 4. We were in 2 Timothy. We're going to get there in a moment. 1 Timothy chapter 4. You doing all right? I'm actually a lot further along for the time. I'm watching the clock very well. And um, I'm, I, I don't have that much farther to go tonight. Paul says in verse number 12, Let no man despise thy youth. By the way, Timothy was probably not a teenager when Paul wrote to him. He was pastoring the church at Ephesus. He was probably in his late 20s, early 30s. Let no man despise thy youth. We have some young men that serve here uh, on staff, Brother Carson, Brother Adam, uh, Brother Rob. Uh, there was Brother Tim. Uh, they're younger than I am. I'm, I'm 65, and they're in their, uh, Carson's in his 20s. I think uh, Adam and Rob, you're in your 30s now, right? You finally grew up. You're there. Uh, they're in their 30s. Um, there's, there's a tendency, if the pastor's not here and one of those young men stand up to preach, you just turn them off. Oh, no, 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 no. You understand, Timothy was pastoring the great church at Ephesus at the same age as Brother Adam probably is right now. But Paul was telling Timothy, let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example of the believers in word, in conversation, in charity, in spirit, in faith, in purity. He goes on and talks to Timothy, till I come, give attendance to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. Look at verse 14. Neglect not the gift that is in thee, which was given thee by prophecy with the laying on of the hands of the presbytery. This is probably referring to his calling way back in Acts chapter 15 uh, when Paul met him uh, in Iconium and Lystra. There, the, the church uh, leaders laid hands on this young man, if, they will, if you will, ordained him to the ministry. Paul says, neglect not the gift that is in thee. Verse 15, meditate upon these things, Give thyself wholly to them that thy profiting may appear to all. Take heed unto thyself and unto the doctrine. Continue in them, for in doing this, thou shalt both save thyself and them that hear thee. So Timothy, you've been gifted by the Holy Spirit. Don't neglect that gift. You meditate, give yourself wholly to them so that your profiting, your growing, your benefit is, is readily available to everybody else. And by so doing, they also are partakers of that benefit. Okay, we, we good so far? Okay, now I want you to go back with me to 2 Timothy chapter number one. Using Paul's illustration of the human body, uh, human body for the body of Christ, uh, question, what happens when every part of our body is functioning correctly? We're healthy. Do we work better? Do we, are we more efficient? Are we happier? Sure we are when, it, when every part. What if you have a headache? That, a way, that is a way of ruining your entire day, right? Um, uh, what, if, what if you, uh, you, you, um, you, you sprained your wrist? If you're right-handed and you sprain your right wrist, what happens? You can't sign things. Everything gets uh, cattywampus with even the slightest little thing being out of place. 
You, you, you heard your aunt Mrs. Clack was in a car accident a couple of weeks ago and, and had some damage from whiplash and it's made a big effect. And sometimes I walk in, I don't even have to ask her how you doing today. I can tell. Um, and she's going to a, the same chiropractor I do and she's getting some help from there and so forth. Um, but it's only, it's only the neck out of place. It's only the neck, but the whole rest of the body has a tendency to suffer with it, doesn't it? But when the whole body is functioning well, uh, or every member of the body is, is doing what it ought to, the whole body uh, does better. The same thing is true in, in reverse. Now, using Ephesians chapter 4 with that idea, and, and he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. God has called me to preach. God called me to pastor um, I, it's, it's not a, a decision that I made. It's not a choice I made. God made that evident to me. And that is my spiritual gift. Okay. If I, if I use my gift correctly in the right spirit, in the spirit of God, does the church benefit if I do that? Yes or no? Yes. Okay. Let's throw out some scenarios here. What if, um, uh, I, I'm called to pastor the church and that, that's my role in this local body of Christ is to be the pastor. Um, and um, I just wake up one Sunday and don't feel like coming, so I just don't show up. Is that okay? I mean, I don't call. I, I just, I'm not talking I'm, I'm sick. I'm sick like I was last week. Um, I just don't feel like coming, so I don't show up. Is that okay? Would you be okay with that? You're not sure because you know what the follow-up question is going to be. Um, what if um, church is supposed to start at, at, at 6 o'clock and at 6.10 I roll in and I just come in. It's not because there was a traffic or an accident or something like that. It's just I had better things to do and so I get here. Don't have my tie on and you all are in here and wait and wonder where the pastor is and I come in, uh, I'll be with you in a little bit and I go in my office and get the tie on, brush my teeth and look through to make sure I have a sermon for tonight and come strolling in and it's about 20 after by the time I get up here. You okay with that? Why? I'm not, I'm not fulfilling my role. I'm, I'm not taking this spiritual gift that God's given me. I'm neglecting it. Um, would you be all right if I don't read my Bible for the next week? That'd be okay. Uh, how about if I don't pray? The Barna, the Barna group did a poll on pastors and found out the average pastor in America in evangelical circles, not just independent Baptist churches, but the average pastor prays seven minutes a week. You okay if that's me? Um... Let me see, what else, where else can I go with this one? How about instead of studying for sermons, I've been here 25 and a half years. I, I did some work on it. I've preached over 5,000 sermons from this pulpit alone. I've got drawers full of sermon outlines uh, on my computers. I've got a file folder after file folder on there filled with sermon outlines. How about I just go back, say, 10 years? They won't remember and just print one out, and that's what, I, I, that's what I'll do. You okay with that? What would happen to the body of Christ if I exercise my spiritual gift that way? The whole body's gonna suffer. 
I'm neglecting my spiritual gifts. You're not going to profit because I'm not. Question. If it's wrong for the pastor to neglect his spiritual gift, why is it okay for the nursery worker? Nursery worker is supposed to be here 10 to 15 minutes before service. We have Sunday school teachers can't go teach their class because there's nobody in the nursery to take their children from them. Why should that be okay? Thank you. You're not using your spiritual gift and not only is there a parent has no one to care for their child, there's a class that has nobody to teach them and there are parents of those children who brought their children here to be taught the Bible who, who aren't seeing that happen because a nursery worker said, uh, you know, it's no big deal if I don't show up. If you've been gifted with a spiritual gift, it is a big deal. That is given to you by God. This is the work of the ministry. This is bigger than Microsoft. This is bigger than Apple because none of those things are eternal. This is. We've got to change the way we think about this. That it, that it, it doesn't matter if I'm prepared for my class or not. I, I was in a church one time. My family was on vacation in the Outer Banks and we went to this little church in the island. One night this guy stood up and he was supposed to sing a special, and, and he kind of was just meandering around, and he said, uh, uh, y'all pray for me. He said, I've never heard this song before. I've never even practiced it before, so you just pray for me. I was just praying that he just quit before he started. And by the way, it was a disaster. It was an absolute, there was no blessing that came out of that. I'm not saying that everybody that sings is gonna necessarily have the natural talent that's been developed by an Adam Ron or whatever, but if, but if you've been given that gift and you've been put in that place, take it seriously. Neglect not the gift that is in thee. Timothy, Paul reminded him in 1 Timothy 4, there is a gift that was given to you by the laying on of the hands of the presbytery. In 1 Timothy chapter 4, again, I think it's verse 15, he said, or verse 14, neglect not that gift. Look at, at 2 Timothy 1. Paul says in verse number 6, Wherefore I put thee in remembrance that thou read the next phrase with me, church. Stir up the gift of God which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. That word stir up means to rekindle the embers, to rekindle the flame. Timothy was a good young man. I believe he was a godly young man. Paul said, I have no man like-minded such as myself. He always had commendation to others about Timothy, but it appears that maybe Timothy had a tendency to let things slide just a little bit. There's, a, there's indication in 2 Timothy 1 that Timothy was getting a little gun shy about exercising his spiritual gifts because he lived in a day and age where being a Christian had a high price to it. Christians went to jail. Christians were going to the lions by this time. Christians were being persecuted. Um, from Acts chapter 8, the early church suffered severe persecution, and Timothy was not only saved in that time, he was called to exercise his spiritual gifts in that time. It might have been that Timothy was getting a little bit gun-shy, a little bit worried about doing that, because, let's face it, none of us wants to suffer. But, but as believers, sometimes that's exactly what we're called to do for the cause of Christ. Stir up the gift that is in thee. 
Uh, Paul says, don't be ashamed of me, his prisoner. Paul had fallen out of favor with all of the churches in Asia. All of them turned their backs on him. He's going to write about this later here. They're, they're all, they've all turned their backs on him. Uh, the churches of Galatia had done so in the book of Galatians. Um, and and uh, maybe Timothy was just backing down a little bit because he didn't want to be associated with that. Paul said, no, sir. No, sir. Don't you do that. Don't neglect that gift. You, you meditate on it. Give yourself wholly to that. Uh, you stir up that gift, um, he said, because it's, it's given to you by God. And beloved, we need to get back to this fact that we are here to serve the Lord. God has put us together here. Our work on this earth is not done. God is not done with Heritage Baptist Church. But I fear that uh, going back to 2020 and COVID hit, we stopped using our spiritual gifts. Did any nursery worker use their spiritual gift during the COVID shutdowns? Yes or no? Any Sunday school teachers use their spiritual gifts? Any ushers use their spiritual gifts? Any PA men use their spiritual gifts? Well, yeah, because we, we did have service Sunday morning, and, and so we had somebody come in to run the live stream and, and the microphones, but not, not, not as usual. You know what happened during COVID? We just got all used to this. Sitting down, got a drink in our hand, maybe have our Bible open. Let me go just see what's going on out in the street. And the service is going on. We're not teaching anymore. We're not singing anymore. We're not serving anymore. We just got used to being entertained. And every pastor I've talked to all over America had experienced the same thing. Everything changed. Our state lifted things a lot earlier than others for which we, I'm very, very thankful. Some places like, uh, uh, you know, communist California and so forth, they, they're, they're, they're still trying to reinstate some of that garbage. But two years later, they were still wearing masks everywhere uh, uh, and, and, and all of that. Um, but, but every church opened back up. And what happened is people found out, you know, it's pretty nice not having to go to the nursery once or twice a month. You know, I just kind of like the idea of just sitting there and listening to the pastor teacher preach. And we just got used to being spectators. There's no spiritual gift called spectating. Now, I understand. We got some folks watching this live stream tonight. Hi. If you are sick, if you're elderly and firm, God bless you. If you could be here, but you chose not to be, why? Don't post pictures about your meal at some restaurant that you go to, but you can't be in church. I even saw when COVID ended, people sitting, gathered around a table in a restaurant, all huddled up, getting pictures together, no masks on. Oh, I can't come to church because of COVID. I'm afraid of getting it. No, you just don't want to come to church. And, and listen carefully. The world is going to hell in a handbasket. We're watching everything that's transpiring out there and, 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 and America and the rest of this world is, is, is going headlong at a furious pace, uh, stepping out into eternity and, and the, the, the end times are on us. It's, it's here. This is not the time for us to just say, yeah, but I just kind of like sitting around. You've been given a spiritual gift by God. That gift isn't for you to just sit on. That gift is for you to minister to everybody else in the church. It is time 
Heritage Baptist Church, that we stir up the gift that is in us. There are things that I would like to do that I hold back on, and here's the reason why. It'll be the same people doing that that are already doing everything else. When we have a work day or a cleanup day, I can guarantee you who will be here and who won't be. But I can guarantee you who's going to criticize and complain if there's trash in the lawn or it's not mowed or the leaves aren't raked. Wait a minute. Is this your church or not? I know people that are, that are more faithful to other churches than they are their own. What's that all about? Stir up the gift that is in you. Somebody depends on it. There's a Tommy Trelore that needs a bunch of people to invest in his little life. There's a Natalie Ron that needs somebody to invest in her little life. There are some people my age that, that uh, uh, it, we're getting a little bit tired and we don't have the energy, uh, but we're still trying to serve God. You know what? We need some people to minister to us too. But we got far too many people that are just content to just sit back and not do a thing. That's why we're short on nursery workers. That's why we're short on Sunday scores. That's why our bus is sitting parked on Sunday. I got some people that are talking about volunteering to run a bus route. They're already doing six or seven things. And I appreciate their spirit. But how about somebody that's sitting there on their blessed assurance doing zero? Why don't you pray about it? You say, Pastor, you're mad? No, I'm burdened. I'm burdened. There, there are kids that ought to be in Sunday school that aren't because nobody cares enough to go get them. There, there are, we got a call this week about a nursing home that wants somebody to come in and run a ministry. And I'm hesitant because I know if anybody says I'll go, it's going to be somebody that's already spread way too thin. And no pastor should feel that way. No church should be like that. We got everything that we need here. Not just the Sunday night crowd, but you add the Sunday morning crowd and the whole rest of it. We, God's gifted his church with everything it needs to function. Now, I realize as we go through life, things change a little. I was 40 when I came here, I had just turned 40. Whole bunch of us were in that age group. Our kids were young kids and just entering in the youth group. We all raised our kids together and so forth. That was 25 and a half years ago. I didn't stop having birthdays. I had to sign up for Medicare last year whether I wanted to or not. I'm gonna be 66 this year. When I came here, I had two legs. I still do, one just has to get plugged in every night. Um, I, I, I've had health. I came with a wife and God took her to heaven. Um, I, I'm nobody special. I, I'm no better than any other person. I, I don't have the get up and go. I, I don't have some of the abilities. When I first came here, if I wanted to, I could jump off the platform like Matt did and not die. Can't do it now. But here's the thing. I'm, I'm, I'm determined to keep this gift stirred up as best I can. I don't want God to be done with me. And some of you, it's like you're, you're okay with that. And you're half my age. 
I don't want God to be done with me. Paul talked about his fear of being a castaway, being set aside on a shelf, and that's from being disqualified. Not only do I not want to do anything that would disqualify me from the ministry and being used of God, I, I, just, I just want to be used by God. I, 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 li I love listening to Matt preach today. I really did. I, I was blessed in so many ways as he did so, but there's a part of me saying, Boy, I wish I was, I wish I'd have thought of that. I wish I'd have come up with that illustration. If, I'm, if I ever preach somewhere else, I'm going to use that sermon and I'll make, may tell Matt came up with it. There, there, there's, I'm, I'm not ready to be put out to pasture yet. And God's not ready for that because there's still somebody else needs saved. Somebody else needs taught. Somebody else needs help. All I'm saying is teenagers, spectators, all of us, it's time to stir up the embers and just get back and say, I'm here. Where can I be used? Where can I be used? But I want to work in the nursery. There's baby smell. So did yours. And one day, so did you. And one day, if you live long enough, it'll be somebody changing your diapers again. <laughs> what goes around comes around. You want to be laying in the nursing home? Somebody said, I ain't changing that diaper. Did you see what he had to eat last night? I'm trying to be a little bit facetious. We ought not, it's one thing to say, hey, we need a couple of nursery workers or we need somebody to do this. It ought not be a constant plea. Not in a church this size. It's time to stir up the gift. I'm thankful for the people that are willing to do anything and everything. I, I really am. I worry about them though. Because you can get spread so thin that you're not doing a good job at anything. You can get spread so thin that you just tear apart. And it ought not be because there are so many of us. And how many of us have a spiritual gift? All. No exceptions to that. So are you neglecting your spiritual gift? Am I? See, you don't see behind the scenes. You don't know if I'm reading my Bible or not. You don't know if I'm praying or not. You don't know if I'm studying for sermons or not. God does. God does. And I need to answer to him for this. But as a pastor, I don't want to walk out here and just fill 35 or 45 or 55 or 85 minutes of your time and check out and go home. I want you to grow in grace. I want your visitors to hear the gospel and be saved. I want young people to get grounded in the things of God. I want to see God reach down and pull out some more Matt Gerbers and some more uh, Jonathan and Andrew and Hannah Reemers and some Doug Seeley's and some Anna, Bish Anna Trelores. And, and I, I want to see God keep doing that till Jesus comes. Neglect not the gift that is in thee. It's time to stir up our gift. Can we bow our heads for prayer? You've listened well.